This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Paul, as was his custom, went into them and for three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. Of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and not a few of their chief women. But the unpersuaded Jews took along some wicked men from the marketplace, and gathering a crowd, set the city in an uproar. Assaulting the house of Jason, they sought to bring them out to the people. When they didn't find them, they dragged Jason and certain brothers before the rulers of the city, crying, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, whom Jason has received. These all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. The multitude and the rulers of the city were troubled when they heard these things. When they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Beroea. When they had arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Let's keep reading from Acts chapter 17. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. Of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and not a few of the chief women. But the unpersuaded Jews took along some wicked men from the marketplace, and gathering a crowd, set the city in an uproar, assaulting the house of Jason, they sought to bring them out to the people. When they didn't find them, they dragged Jason and certain brothers before the rulers of the city, crying, These who have turned the world upside down have come here also, whom Jason has received. These all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. Praise God, their efforts in reasoning with the Jews in the synagogue from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ, was fruitful. Some were persuaded and joined them. We should never underestimate the effectiveness in simply reasoning with people from the Scriptures regarding truth. If God's Word is the foundation for what we minister and how we minister, then we can trust that God will use it since He promises His Word will not return void. So effective was their ministry that the opposing Jews there admitted These have turned the world upside down. May the Lord also use us in our various callings and locations to quote-unquote turn the world upside down for Christ. Now it sounds like, while some Jews may have been persuaded, the bulk of these initial Thessalonian converts were the devout Greeks and many of the chief women. You see, many other Jews were unpersuaded, responding to their preaching by finding some sketchy fellows or as the King James Version puts it, lewd fellows of a baser sort. 
or in other words, wicked men from the marketplace, gathering a crowd and setting the city in an uproar. Again, like another temper tantrum from the Jews because the gospel infuriated them, perhaps they couldn't come to grips with the fact the man their people had condemned to death as a blasphemer was in fact their prophesied Messiah. At this point, the Apostle Paul couldn't have been surprised with such a response, as this wasn't his first rodeo. I mean, this has happened a few times over. Something similar happened at Poseidon Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra on his first missionary trip. It wasn't the first time and probably wouldn't be the last. Ever notice patterns of opposition and struggle in your own efforts to live out God's call for your Christian life? The Jews constantly and repetitively opposing Paul and the gospel message must have been one of them for him. Let me give you an example. Maybe your local city government is full of elected officials who aren't believers and who oppose some of the work your local church family or ministry is trying to accomplish within the community. Like maybe they counter your every good ambition with red tape, making it frustratingly difficult to, say, obtain the proper permits to build or operate in a specific way in which the Lord has led your local church or ministry. The gospel certainly has polarizing effect. To some, the message of the cross is foolishness, a stench from death to death. To others, the gospel is the power of God for salvation, a sweet aroma from life to life. Often those who reject the gospel do so with such fervor and zeal, seeking to mute the message and destroy those who share it. These unbelieving Jews found the scum of the town and rained chaos upon the city to try and stomp out the flame of the gospel message. Often though, the winds of opposition only caused the gospel to spread even faster and further, as we've seen evidenced here in the book of Acts many times. Notice how the unbelieving Jews here in Thessalonica, much like they'd done in other places, with the masses they stirred up, appealed to the governing authorities to stop Paul and company from the work God had called them to do. The state is supposed to be a terror to evildoers, not to those who do good. The rulers are supposed to be God's administrators, avengers for wrath to him who does evil, that is, when they're proper stewards of their office but often governments do not operate as they should. Paul commands in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, for us to pray for kings and those who are in high places, that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. Paul no doubt experienced what happens when the powers that be are influenced and corrupted by evil men and motives. He was persecuted by the rulers over and over. On the other hand, at times, he was also protected by them, especially when he'd appeal to his Roman citizenship. Paul yearned for governments and leaders to bear the sword of their authority honorably before men and God, as reflected in his command to Timothy to pray for them so that we can live quiet, peaceful, godly, and dignified lives. When governments side with evil men, rather than righteousness, morality, and justice, then chaos reigns and those who do good often suffer harm. When governments act as they ought, according to Romans 13, then evildoers are punished, and those who do good have nothing to fear from the state. What examples do we find in our day and age 
when wicked men attempt to enact their agendas through the state? Like, do people ever appeal to the authorities against those who do good? I think we live in a society where it's becoming more and more despised to stand alongside certain biblical principles, standards, and truths. To say that homosexuality is a sin, that transgenderism opposes God's natural order and plan, that Jesus is the only way to heaven, is to be hateful and narrow-minded, people say. To say that abortion is murder is supposedly to hate women. Here in Acts chapter 17, Jason received Paul and Silas in Thessalonica, and the mob wasn't happy about it. You can choose to receive the world in this life for its honor and glory, at the cost of one day being rejected by Jesus, or you can receive Jesus now, at the cost of being rejected by the world. Looks like Jason chose the latter. Jesus told his disciples, If the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And that's John 15, 18 and 19. Now the unbelieving Jews' complaint against Paul, his company, and Jason who had received them was, These all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. This was the same excuse and argument the Jews made before Pontius Pilate for having Jesus crucified. When Pilate sought to release Jesus, the Jews exclaimed, If you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate later asked if he should crucify their king, referring to Jesus, they said, We have no king but Caesar. So the Jews here in Acts chapter 17 rile up the Thessalonian crowds and appeal to the rulers against Paul and the other missionaries. Let's keep reading, starting in verse 8. The multitude and the rulers of the city were troubled when they heard these things. When they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Jason was in a sense persecuted by the state and the masses, threatened, abused, taken advantage of. He had to literally pay a price for doing something good. You see, Roman officials prioritized public order. When things would start going haywire, there were often repercussions to prevent future issues. In this instance, although Jason did nothing wrong, he would be the one to post the bond and bear the brunt of the responsibility. Today as well, somehow money seems to be the way to stay on the right side of those in power, unfortunately. Like, authorities often seem to also leverage their power for financial gain. In Jason's case, it was probably pay up or go to prison. I've heard of policemen in certain countries taking advantage of wealthy foreigners, threatening to unjustly arrest them unless a certain under-the-table fee was paid. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. All right, so they sent Paul and Silas away, probably calculating they to be more effective for the kingdom of Christ in Berea than in a Thessalonian jail or perhaps dead. So once they get there, they did as was their custom once again, 
going straight to the Jewish synagogue. not grow weary of doing good let us all be ready in and out of season to reprove and rebuke with complete patience to boldly preach God's word and tear down the myths we shine his light to the world a lamp put on the stand for us
That was Hated for Christ from the Adams Road album, Book of Life. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God, the Word made flesh, the risen Son. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. All of this world is in decay, but the Word of our was Heaven and Earth from the Adams Road album Book of Life.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 13. Grace and peace be with you all.